Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. One of our employees, you know, filled some paperwork out wrong. It was a, just a minor thing, but she was just so upset. So she called me up in the morning. She started yelling at me. She started screaming, this is wrong, and you guys don't know what you're doing, and all that. It was just, you know, and she was just venting on me. And so she, she's going off, and then she says, from now on, I want you to do this, 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 and this, which would create hours of extra work for us, which was not in the contract, and it wasn't, it was, she was way out of line. If I wasn't a Christian, I would have just told her, just says, hey, um, it's not in the contract. We're not going to do that. And I'm sorry, but it's not going to happen. And whatever. I would have probably repaid evil with evil. But I felt strongly the Lord just said, don't do that. So literally, this is what I did. I said, um, well, okay. And then she was silent. Because she, she's like, why are you saying okay? And I said, okay. I said, you're the boss. I said, you know what? We work for you. If that's what we have to do to make you happy, then we'll do it. No problem. And I hung up the phone. So I went into my secretary at the time and I told Becky, I said, hey, Becky, talk to the city, you know, assistant city manager. This is what they want us to do. She started, she goes, what? We're not going to do that. She started screaming. <laughs> I said, it's okay. We're, you know, whatever we have to do, that's fine. Let's just, and she goes, no, I'll call her up. I said, no, no, relax. You're not going to call her. <laughs> it's okay. Within a short period of time, listen to this, this uh, lady called me back up from the city and she says, I, I want to apologize to you. And I go, for what? <laughs> and she goes, I was way out of line. She goes, you don't have to do any of that. And I knew it was just ridiculous. And then, so I didn't say that to her, but I was like, I said, yeah. And she says, well, you know, I'm so sorry. She goes, I'm not getting any sleep. She says, both my parents are in the hospital. She says, my dad's dying in the hospital over here. My mother is not doing well and she's in the hospital the other side of town. I'm up all night, I don't get any sleep. I said, you know what, I'm a, I'm a Christian and I'll be praying for you and I'll be praying for your parents. She goes, really? And she started crying and weeping on the phone and, and so I got to minister to her. And that's, that's an example of when the Lord's prompting you and someone's acting evil, we don't have to respond in evil. We're not supposed to respond with evil when it comes to evil. We're to respond in good and we're to respond being led in the Holy Spirit. Another thing I think about is we have people here at this church that go out to the abortion clinics and they're, they're out there repaying evil because it's evil to kill babies. That's evil. It's one of the most evil things that I could ever think of. We're killing innocent babies. And if you ever see a, a video of it, it's just horrifying to watch them dismember babies pulling their arms off and pulling their limbs off and then crushing their skull. And that's happening today. We're promoting it, and it's on our ballot to vote for that. That's evil. But we go out there not repaying evil with evil. Repaying evil with evil would mean we'd go out there, and like some of these groups, which is wrong, you know, they, they burn down those places, or they, they yell at their employees. No, 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 we're not. We go out there, and we stand on the sidewalk. They have signs out there, and they pray. And many times what happens, and I was out there before with them, and you'll see cars going in to go into the parking lot, and they'll read the signs, and they'll look at the people, and then they'll turn away. They'll drive away. And that could very well, just that alone could be saving lives right there. Just the presence of God, praying for the people. And, and so then other times we hear where, where the mothers will see that, young mothers will see the signs and they'll, they'll, they'll hear people praying and they'll sometimes even walk out and start talking to them and get prayed over and they, they choose not to kill their child. And that's, that's repaying evil with good. Big difference. Having said that, well, this, this goes with that before I jump forward. Romans 12, 17, repay no evil for evil, 
but regard, having regard for good things in the sight of all men, and if possible, as much as depends on you, live what? Peaceably with all men. So that's how we're supposed to go. But again, having said that, I want to point out the fact that we're, we're not to repay evil with evil, but we're to expose evil. Ephesians 5.11 says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of what? Darkness, that's evil. But rather, what do we do? We expose them. So we're called not to repay evil with evil, but evil with good. But we are to, can we say it out loud, please? Expose them. That means expose it. In other words, to let people know, no, this is evil. We're, we're children of light. So when there's works of darkness, we shine truth and light on top of it and say, this is wrong. And, and obviously, that's what we're doing with Prop 1. We're saying, Prop 1, this is wrong. And you might say, well, pastor, you shouldn't get involved in politics. And this is politics? And Gavin Newsom puts a, a billboard using the words of Jesus saying to love your neighbor by, by having an abortion? Yeah. And he's plastering that all over. But pastor, you know, stay out of politics, but we'll use your scripture out of context and tell, tell people it's okay to kill babies. We're to, listen, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're to expose evil. We're to expose it, put light on it, say it's wrong. Yell at me, scream at me, do whatever you want. I don't care. It's wrong. Stacey Abrams, who's running for Georgia, the governorship, and she's not doing well, thank you, Lord. Because why? She said, inflation hurts your family. That's why we need abortion. So eliminate children to save money. Is that what she's saying? That's evil. Then you have the British Parliament okays two-year prison for term for praying outside abortion clinics. That's evil. So they're, they're hurting people by praying? And you can't handle the light, so now let's put the light in prison and let's lock them up? And you have churches that don't want to talk about this. Many churches, most churches, they say, oh, no, 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 we don't want to talk about this. And so you, you have the modern pastor, you say, abortion's evil, and they say, oh, no, 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 I want to be known for what I'm for, not for what I'm against. Really? Do you think God's against evil? Absolutely. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, they say, that they're not positive he said this because now I'm hearing, but it doesn't matter. Great quote. Silence in the face of evil it is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And then Isaiah 5 tells us woe. And that woe means that's a warning of destruction, judgment. Woe, judgment. To those who call evil, what? Good. And good who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I believe we're living in such a day today. But it's been, they spin things so, so much. They spin it to say, and it, so there's times that if I wasn't a Christian, a blood-bought saint of the living God with the Holy Spirit living inside of me, I would probably fall for a lot of that deception. Truly. Oh, it's not right. Government should never get involved with our health care. We should be able to, to, to do what we want without them intruding. The government should never intrude in our family. You're like, well, that sounds good. But you're forgetting something. It's not your life they're intruding on. It's not your life they're saying no. It's, it's killing of an innocent baby made in the image of God that you're saying it's okay. And it's not okay. With, with technology that we have today, I cannot believe that this is still taking place. Whoa, that's a judgment that's declared. God hates evil and we're to expose it. But in our personal life, again, we're to not repay evil with evil, we're to repay evil with good. But when there's darkness and it's, it's vile and it's killing lives, we are to expose it, amen? amen.
So here's the will of God. First, number one, rejoice when? Always. Don't you love that? Rejoice always. This is the will of God. You and I as believers rejoice always. The word always you, in the original language, do you know what it means in the original language? Always. <laughs> in the Greek, look it up, it means always. It, I mean, the meaning of it, always, it's, it's at all times, on every occasion, always. Rejoice in the Lord always. We're to always rejoice in the Lord. Uh, rejoice means to be glad, be cheerful, be joyful. Listen, there's a difference, there's a huge difference between being joyful and being happy. Do you know that? Happiness, being happy, uh, typically depends on what's happening in your life, your circumstances, right? So if your circumstances are good, usually you're happy. My circumstances are good, I'm happy. And if your circumstances are bad or poor, then you're not so happy or you can get sad or you can get discouraged and that's happiness, okay? Joy is totally different. Joy is based on your relationship with God. The fruit of the Spirit, you know this, Galatians chapter five, the fruit of the Spirit is love, can we say it out loud, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there's no law. The fruit of the Spirit, in other words, the fruit of God's Holy Spirit in our lives, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit of us being connected to God with a close relationship with God is, part of this is having joy. Why? Because He's the source of joy. Listen, we can always have the joy of the Lord because we always have Him with us. We can never be separated. Once the Holy Spirit lives in us, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us gives us great joy. So what Satan will do, what your physical mind will do, it'll try to discourage you and to think, well, well, look at what's happening. This is so bad. And oh, I'm so sad. And I'm so upset. And I'm so worried. And it's like, well, well, wait wait a second. Uh, The scripture says rejoice always. The very one that created everything that's all-knowing, all-powerful, all-wise, is always with us. Our joy is based on our relationship with God, His holiness living in us. And part of His holiness living in us brings great joy in our lives, that relationship we have. So what the enemy will do is he'll bring deception and he'll have you focus so much on your circumstances that you get robbed of that joy. I, I see it like, the picture of you're, you're with the Lord, obviously, and you're just spending time with him. He's like, God, this, really, this is great. God, you're so awesome. In your presence is fullness of joy. This is so great, God. And it's like, and all of a sudden, there's just the things of life that are gonna try to, to rob you of that. And it's like, no, okay, yeah, that's not good. I don't like what's happening here, Lord, but we're just gonna pray. But what I believe what happens to too many Christians, what you do is you have that great joy, and all of a sudden, you're like, well, that looks really bad. That's terrible. And just throw the joy, love, peace, goodness, self You just put it all aside and you just start focusing on, not the little iPad here, but you focus on the, <laughs> your circumstances. Joy is not based on your circumstances. Joy is based on a relationship that you have with God. Again, when you have that contentment with a relationship with God, God gives us great joy. And if we Nothing can separate us from his love and this contentment that we have. So we can rejoice always because we have the source of joy always with us. Does that make sense? The very source of joy is always with us. So we can have joy always. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
It doesn't mean that we have to be stand-up comedians and make everybody laugh all the time. And it's great. Laughter's like medicine, and I love to laugh. And I, I love, you know, one of the most favorite things I love in my life is making my wife laugh. I love it, because I love to hear her laugh. But it's, it's not it. It's, it's, it's a source that comes from the Lord, and he gives us joy. And if we continue to seek him, he continues to increase the joy in our lives. It's based on relationship. I can stand up here and look everyone in the eyes and say, my relationship with my wife brings me great joy. And it really does. She brings joy in my life. I love the fact that God has put us together and she's a source of joy. It's just, I love, matter of fact, at the end of some of the services, she'll come walking over here. I don't know if you notice me over here. Every time I see her, just I light up. I'm like, there she is, there's my wife. I'm like, she's so beautiful and I'm so blessed and she loves God and it's just a, and it's a source of joy. How much more? My relationship with her brings joy, but how much more should my relationship with the very source of joy should always bring me joy because he's always with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's with us always, even to the ends of the age. He'll never leave you. The very, if we could get this in our brain, the very source of joy is never gone. He's always there. But, but pastor, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, believe me, I've gone through a few things myself. And then get this, the closer I have my relationship with him, the closer that I spend time with him, the more spiritual attacks I have personally. And I have a choice. You have a choice. Am I going to let the circumstances dominate my thoughts or am I going to let the very one that created me, that loves me, that knows everything about me, dominate me and give me the joy that I need? Jesus said, until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, listen to this, that your joy may be full. Have you been asking the Lord for joy? Do you realize when you ask him, this is Jesus speaking. Does anyone think Jesus can lie? He says, ask me and you'll receive fullness of joy. And all we need to do is ask, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name, give us great joy in our walk with you. Then you've got Psalm 1611, it says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is what? In his presence is fullness of joy. So the more time we spend with him, the more joy we're going to have. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I also think before we go to the next one, in Nehemiah chapter 8, remember when the walls were rebuilt? Remember when in Jerusalem the gates were repaired? Remember uh, Ezra, the priest, he, he opened up the scroll, the, the word of God. And as he opened up the word of God, do you know what it says? That he opened up the word of God, Nehemiah chapter 8, it says the people immediately stood up. So some people wonder, why do we stand all the time? Especially when, well, when the word of God was opened and it was read, people just naturally just said, let's stand. Or this is God's word. And the people just, they stood up. And it says that he read, listen to this, Ezra read out of the law, it says from morning to midday. Do you think we have long services here, huh? <laughs> and they were standing. But because it was so long since that's happened where they would hear the word of God being read, and so when it was happening, the people just started, if you know the, the true account, the people were weeping and crying and being convicted of the Holy Spirit. They could, you know, as the word of God is going out, they're like, oh no, you know, I've messed that up, I've messed it. And they just started weeping and crying. Remember what Ezra told them? Ezra said, Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10, he says, he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those whom nothing is prepared. For this day is what? Holy, this is a holy day. You shouldn't be weeping and crying. And then he went on to say, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your 
strength, have joy. And that can happen sometimes. You read the word of God and all of a sudden condemnation comes. Has that ever happened to you? You're like reading, you're like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I knew I was an idiot, but now it's even worse. You're saying that I'm an idiot. And condemnation can come upon us. But you have to remember, there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, who is it that condemns? It's Christ who died and furthermore is risen and seated at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for us. There is therefore now no condemnation. So beware. It's a holy time. When you open up the word of God, you spend time with the Lord. Realize, it's holy to the Lord. And don't let the enemy come in and bring condemnation upon you. Why? Because that's not the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The conviction of the Holy Spirit draws us closer to God. If we're in condemnation, it draws us away from God. Amen? Amen. Pray without. The word ceasing means not stopping, continuous, without intermission. Do you think it means that all day we're just like, (laughs) throughout the day just talking to God? People are talking, just, well, hold on, I'm just talking to God. (laughs) It can't mean that. It doesn't mean that. I believe what it's speaking of uh, having continually a constant attitude of prayer. Prayer is simply talking with God. And you have that line of communication constantly open. And you're communicating with him. When you're talking with people, I hope you do this. When I'm talking to people, I'm like, God, give me wisdom. God, what do they need to hear? God, what do you say? When you're writing a letter, Lord, please help me with this. How do you want me to communicate this? And it's that mode of prayer, constant prayer in your mind. God hears your thoughts. God knows what's going on in your mind. And then obviously the time when you can, you know, verbally pray, we verbally pray, but I don't believe it's a constant verbal. That would be chaos. If everybody's just, oh, Father, we just love you, praise you, God. Oh yeah, hold on a second. And you're just praying all the time. No, 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 no. it. It doesn't mean that. Keeping that line open. Constantly talking to him. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is necessary. Prayer is a way that we accomplish things in the spiritual realm, and prayer is given to us by God to communicate to him to ask for his will to be done. I think of my wife back when, before she was a believer in Scotland, and many of you know her story, but Pastor Raul Reese was there on a missions trip with a busload of, uh, of believers, and she was singing. She used to be a professional singer, jazz singer, and she was singing at a very fancy hotel. They happened to be at the hotel. Uh, Pastor Rao Reese went to talk to her about the Lord, shared the gospel with her. My wife thought he was crazy. <laughs> but she heard the gospel. Listen, she heard the gospel for the very first time in her life, that Jesus Christ died on the cross to take away her sins, that she would have a relationship with God. She never heard that before. Years later, when we were at Peter's Landing, a lady visited our church and she says, I was on that missions trip with Raul Reese, and I was on the bus. She goes, I want you to know something. After he was done talking to you, he went to the bus, and he told everyone to stop, be quiet. He says, we're going to pray for that young girl that doesn't know Jesus. I just shared with her, and the whole bus prayed for my wife. Wow. And now she's a pastor's wife. Prayer works. God hears our prayers. God wants us to always pray, always ask, always seek, always knock, always request, always go before him. The will of God, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Continue to pray. Keep that line of communication open. I love what Corey Ten Boone said. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? (laughs) 
don't know what that means. Is it, in other words, is, is that what's driving? Your, it's your steering wheel. You're always talking to God in your mind. You're communicating with him. Is it your steering wheel that steers your life? Or is it something you just take out in emergency cases? Oh, no, I got a flat tire. Oh, here we go. Let's, oh, God, I need your help. Great quote. Jeremiah 29, 12 says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will do what? I will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. I love this. One of my favorite verses in the whole entire Bible. I quote it almost every day. Let us therefore come boldly, confidently before the throne of God. Let us therefore come boldly, confidently before the throne of God. The throne of what? Do you know his throne is a throne of grace? That means favor. And what do we go there for? That we might obtain what? We might obtain mercy. That's why I pray it just about every day. Lord, I come before your throne of grace. Lord, please give me mercy. I need your mercy. Not only mercy, but then you'll find what? Favor, grace, to help in. Powerful verse. It's talking about prayer. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's every day. Do you know that? Every day we need his grace. Every day we need his mercy. Powerful verse. And everything do what? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And everything give thanks. So notice it doesn't say for everything. Give thanks. In everything. In other words, we don't have to thank him for the storms of life. Thank you, Lord. Another flat tire. Thank you, God. (laughs) I thank you for the flat tire. No, no. In it, we can thank him. Because maybe we need to meet somebody and he wants us to share with somebody, whatever it is, but in everything, give thanks. Not for everything, but in every situation, we can thank him. Why? Because we know as a believer in Jesus Christ, everything that comes our way is filtered through the loving hands of our Heavenly Father that loves us. Thank you, Lord. Somehow, some way, he's working everything together for good for those of us that love him. Everything. So we can thank him. We're to be grateful, we're to be thankful. I'm not gonna spend much time on this at all because in four weeks, we're gonna have a Thanksgiving message, so we're gonna talk more about being grateful, but we as believers should be very grateful people. Ephesians chapter one, there's a list of our spiritual blessings. I'll just go over them real quickly with you for a second here to realize just in one chapter, do you realize the blessings that God has bestowed on us with every spiritual blessing? So in Ephesians one, it says, we've been adopted into the family of God. Thank you, Lord. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We've been forgiven of all of our sins. Thank you, Lord. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Thank you, Lord. We have access, listen, access to the very throne of God anytime. Thank you, Lord. We're going to heaven when we die as believers. Can I get an amen for that? We've been saved by his grace. That means favor through faith. And we have a personal relationship with the true and living God through Jesus Christ. That's just a few that's in one chapter. You and I as believers have so much to be grateful for. I want to encourage you. A trick of the enemy is for you to focus on what you don't have. And everything give thanks. Spend more time thinking about what you do have. And if you don't realize what you have in Christ Jesus, I want to encourage you. Read Ephesians chapter 1. And you've got a nice little list wonderful, powerful things as I just read, and there's more in there, but we should be the most grateful people in all the world because God is for us and he's with us. So, as we close, 
What is God's will? Well, we just read. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.